You are listening to iRadio TT online all the time. Welcome to Music Matters, the Caribbean edition. The podcast series featuring news, interviews and analysis of all the music from the islands. Welcome ladies and gentlemen to Music Matters, the Caribbean edition. I am Laura Dowridge Phillip and I'm Nigel Campbell. Today, what are we talking about? Tell we are we talking about, about Calypso. Calypso, 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 Calypso. Yes. October is Calypso History Month. Yes. And, and we focus on all things Calypso. One of the genres that we have here in the Caribbean. But guess what? It's the kind of mother genre for soca. And we've done a lot of talking on soca already. Yes. So I think this is an opportunity for us in this October month. And we will get this out before October is over. <laughs> to talk about the um the Calypso. What Calypso is at now. And actually the business of Calypso, because as we all know, the first set of music that named Calypso that was recorded since 1914, mm-hmm. more than a hundred years ago, and recordings have been, that has been the basis of our recording industry in Trinidad and Tobago, Calypso recording. Twenty eighteen, what's up? I know we have a guest here today, so tell us who's our guest. Well joining us today is Megan Sylvester, who is the director of education and research of the Trinbago Unified Calypso's or Calypso organization. All of that. Tuco, as we shall be referring to it by its shorter name. Tuco. And Megan is gonna to talk to us about the state of Calypso. Where are we? Where are we with Calypso as a business? And also, Tuco is celebrating its 25th anniversary. It is the main organization for Calypsonians in Trinidad and Tobago. So, we're going to talk to Megan about Calypso. Where are we going? What are the plans for the future? And all that yummy stuff. Megan, welcome to Music Matters. Okay, thank you very much, Laura. It's good to be here. Good to be here with Nigel Campbell as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, so. we'll keep that in. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Megan, tell us. Um, yes. it's 2018. Mm-hmm. Calypso has had a very long and, and, and storied career, well, journey. We've had, you know, Calypso at one point had its high. It was one of the most popular art forms in the world. Where is Calypso today? Where are we today with Calypso? Mm-hmm. So, as you mentioned, during the 1950s would have been the heyday. Of, of Calypso. And so, you know, it's interesting that a lot of younger people are not aware of the fact that Calypso was on the world stage. And you ask the question about where is it today? I think that it's actually entering a resurgence in terms of the prominence that it's receiving locally, regionally, and internationally. Um, a lot of, um, Calypsonians are getting opportunities to go out again outside of Trinidad and Tobago outside of the region to perform. And, you know, I just want to make mention of Kurt Allen, actually, mm-hmm. who actually had the opportunity to be on tour, and he actually sent his daughter, Chocolate Allen, to replace him on tour. And that's very interesting as we look at the state of Calypso today. On tour where? Because, you know, when you talk about Calypsonians getting, the resurgence of Calypso and Calypsonians getting the opportunity to be out there in the world mm-hmm. stage, of course, Calypso Rose comes to mind. Of course, initially. Right. So tell us, where has Kurt Allen been? Right. Well, he actually has been North American circuit as well as the European circuit. But the interesting thing, as I said, is that he 
offered the opportunity to his daughter. Mm. And as we speak about Calypso Rose as well, it's interesting that she has sort of conquered that European market being in France. Mm -hmm. And so it's important that we see that because the heyday that we spoke about before was really um, in the in the United States in particular. And of course, it would have been in Europe as well, but there would have been uh, this combination of jazz and calypso being so important um, during those times. And so many of the calypsonians would have had that opportunity then. So it's good to see a return to that, even in what is being called this period where soca a la Marshall Montano and Bungie Garland and Kess and all of the others have also been having this opportunity to get out there and spread their wings. We have, we'll have to talk about Ula Chunji, <laughs> perhaps <laughs> in terms of all of this calypso on the world stage. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. In terms of, um, you said that Kurt Allen has been on the North American circuit. Is it with the diaspora audience? Is it between, is it with audiences outside of? A combination. A combination. That's excellent. Yeah. And that is an important thing to note. So, so who, I mean, Kurt Allen is one person, but how many persons are, are, do you, does Tuko track mm. the movement of Calypsonians internationally in terms of touring? Well, that is an interesting question. Unfortunately, um, Tuko is not necessarily able to track that. Um, why? Because why? artists themselves, Calypsonians themselves, Soka artists themselves, because Tuko is an organization that also governs um, in terms of membership, Soka performers. They don't necessarily say to us, listen, Tuko, we got this opportunity and we're going abroad and we want you to be aware that this is what we are doing. Um, and so because of that, it's only when we, Tuko, would mm-hmm. see um, on social media and traditional media mention being made of where they are and, and what they have done that we sometimes know. Now, that is not to say that all of them act in this way. Some of them do inform us. Mm-hmm. But then where we are not informed, we find out along with the rest of the population. Yeah. Now, for, for a lot of us sitting down in Trinidad and Tobago, um, Calypso is so seasonal mm. because it's, it's the only time we really pay attention to, yes, Calypso History Month, but also mainly at carnival time mm. and mainly for the competition, the Calypso Monarch competition. How are Calypsonians being prepared to take advantage of this resurgence that is happening? Because we hear so much complaints that they don't get work, they're not, they're not any fets, they're not being hired. Um, so we are not really, a lot of us are not aware of, of the travels and the tourings or the opportunities for Calypsonians. So how are they preparing themselves to take advantage or are they at all? Hmm. Individually, they would be doing their own, um, preparation, um, for the performances that they would, you know, uh, get in terms of gigs internationally, etc. But from a Tuco perspective, what we are doing is providing, um, opportunities through workshops and training sessions for them to be prepared. Um, for example, in the 2017 Calypso season, we would have partnered with uh, Janine Charles Ferry in terms of having hosting and marketing uh, Calypso beyond the, the, the carnival season for Calypsonians, for them to get a sense of what happens after carnival. Where do I see myself? And she used a lot of great examples um, in terms of speaking to what would have happened with uh, Calypso Rose. And, you know, Myron B. and a lot of the other uh, Calypsonians who actually are out there and have a social media presence and who are marketing themselves. In this year in particular, Tuko decided to partner with uh, Yui Tech, uh to, to have this program, um, a 14-week program, the Certificate in the Business of Entertainment. And this is also another opportunity for Calypsonians, soca performers. And in, indeed, we extended it to the rest of the of the national public who would be interested in the entertainment industry to become informed about several areas regarding marketing yourself as a performer. 
some of the areas that we would have looked at would have been entertainment marketing and protocol. We would have looked at brand marketing. We would have looked at um, what is the business of entertainment, um, neighboring rights and intellectual property rights. And we would have focused on um, live music in terms of um, Nigel Campbell himself actually hosting that particular... Um, Full disclosure. Right, yes. that particular <laughs> module. Um, and we also have John Arnold doing his bit, telling us about the Tobago experience. We have a Calypsonian Devon scene speaking about marketing yourself as a brand, as a Calypsonian. So some of these are some of the areas that we would have focused on in terms of attempting to bring that training aspect and that marketing aspect to the Calypsonian. But we must emphasize that we went beyond just focusing on the Calypsonian to focus on the soca performer and then anyone in the entertainment industry. Because Tuco really sees itself as... Uh, being this organization that is really supposed to provide this information, at least in terms of my portfolio, education and research, the, uh, information about how do you educate yourself about the entertainment industry. Yeah, well, I have, I have to insert myself here because, yes, as I said, full disclosure, I'm actually doing one of the modules on the live music industry. And, um, and it's kind of coincidental we're talking about live music because... Just recently in our budget, 2018 budget, there was commentary by the trade minister about an aspect of the music industry called the Live Music District. And um, Laura, my erstwhile co-host here, number one entertainment reporter, did a piece where we spoke with some of the principals and a common comment, that's the best I could say, a common comment, is about the kind of unpreparedness of some of the artists in terms of their business and understanding of the business, of the business of entertainment. Um, kudos to Tuko, kudos to you for putting together this thing. I have to admit it was seemingly pioneering in terms of part of Tuko. But, um, what I'm also getting is that a number of stakeholders, artists, artists, don't seem to want to get on board for whatever reason. Right? I mean, what is your, what has been your experience in terms of getting the numbers? Because as I said, I know how many people were in the class. Right. The class already passed. Mm -hmm. But I mean, in terms of uptake by artists, is that a, is the business of entertainment something that's prominent in their minds or is just, a thing. From the Tuko's perspective, we think that it ought to be prominent in their minds. But I think that um, for the Calypsonian in particular, the focus tends to be at the junior level to get involved in the junior Calypso competition. And then at the senior level to make sure you get into Calypso Fiesta and then headed towards the big yard. So it's only about competition for the so, Calypsonians? Unfortunately, for some of them, it's a really about competition. Um, they're not really seeing it as a business. And this is why we felt that it was necessary to introduce this course dealing with the business of entertainment so that they could see how do I attract funding? How do I finance my career? Other aspects about the business of entertainment. Isn't the example of Calypso Rose, and I'm just asking as an observer looking on, Calypso Rose is an example. It's only 77 years old and she has probably most high profile part of her career ever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she's touring globally. Mm -hmm probably the most taught artist in the last five years and certainly earning euros or pounds or whatever they pay yeah. abroad and then and nobody sees that as an example of okay I, I still have a career all i'm 40 years old well the interesting thing i think you know in having spoken to many calypsonians is that calypso rose is not in trinidad she's not fighting up with this local space as they see it you know and um also she would have managers who have a you know uh, artists ideally should have managers indeed, that's not a bad thing at all at all but um if a lot of them are really focused on performance and just getting in because a lot of them really just want the crown you know how many crowns have you won the interesting thing for example is that i am one of the few if not the only um member of the tuko board that has never won 
a Calypso competition, nor have I even been. So can you believe that? But because of my love for Calypso, kill you. I am well placed. <laughs> you see? And so on entering, on entering I realized, but wait. Is this really only about the crown? Is this really only and I realize that for many, for many, not all, for many, it's really just about getting into the big yard and performing. And so it has been a slow walk to sort of get them to see that it's really a business. And this is why the course was so important. I find that so interesting, Megan, because you were talking when I when you were talking, I was about, you know, what you all are doing to prepare people. I was wondering about the content of the music. Because I know mm. there are a lot of soca artists who would make, like Marshall, for instance, would make different types of music for different types of markets. Love so he will, make, he will make music that he know would resonate here. But then he would also make music that he know would have a wider appeal beyond Trinidad and Tobago. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if Calypsonians treat the music that way because there obviously has been this example of one Calypsonian making it big in Europe and clearly that they, there's a demand for that kind of music elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if that is something that they were doing, but clearly <laughs> that is not the case. And is this limit, and is this mindset limited to the older demographic or is it across right. the board with all the Calypsonians? Well, because I, there are quite a few young, right. upcoming ones. Yes. And I think that, um, what we're really talking about is for the older demographic indeed, as you said. Um, the stalwarts of, of, of the industry. Because I think that the themes, if we start to look at Calypso themes that are emerging in some, with some of the, uh, more, um, uh, the younger, basically, the younger Calypsonians, you're seeing that they're having more international themes or neutral themes so that they can transcend the Calypso space, ca- transcend the carnival fest- festival or festivities. And so, so we look at the, the, the 2018 monarch in terms of change, Helon Francis. So this is a song that can move beyond, yeah, just the Trinidad space or just the carnival space or just the Calypso space in terms of understanding what the art form is really about. If you can look as far as I see within this great land we call TNT, there's birds and bees, rivers and seas, pretty woman bringing man to their knees. Treasures of this blessed land we always neglect like Kaiso and Pan. I find it so strange the way we arrange. Still, this nation don't know how to change. Cause some change it might just mean a new car. Change could mean less than a dollar. So most change have this nice scent we usually get from the government. You see, change is something we always say. But every time we change, things remain the same way. Things keep getting worse and worse. So this is what I propose. Let's change the change for our better nation. Change the change for all foundations. Change the change so that... We could say that and, and, and of course you have um, Kareen Ashe, you have um, Devon Seal. So they actually are moving away from the themes. They would have a particular type of performance for the competition. But when you look at the lyrics themselves, you will see that the themes are, are, are different in terms of only focusing on local issues taking place. And I think that is... So there is a sort of juxtaposition in terms of what's happening between the older Calypsonians and the output and the younger Calypsonians. And and how are the younger ones? Are they are they touring? Are they taking advantage of the opportunities? Because I know a few years ago, Chuck Chucky did a whole Denmark tour, 
um, I know um, this girl who won the end of the Stacey Sobers uh-huh. won the, the a competition in St. Kitts, a Calypso uh-huh. Queen competition in St. Kitts. Uh-huh. How many of them are actually going out and taking advantage of, of uh-huh. you know, the markets out there? Well, um, but I can only speak to the ones that I am aware of. And I know that Devon Seal, together with uh, Karina Shea and Dwayne O'Connor, are involved in that kind of work. Right, taking the calypso beyond the borders. Um, but again, the, part of the challenge is that it's not mandatory for any calypsonian to come to Tuco to say, "This is what I'm doing." So again, unfortunately, what happens is that we find out when the rest of the population finds out. Yeah. Right. But it is important to know that it is being done. And then we look at the example of Olatunji. And what's important about the work that he is doing is that every time he is asked to say who he is, he says that I have been singing calypso. And Soka. And then he says, since, whatever the age, whatever the time. And it's important that that name of Calypso is now on another international stage. I think that's important. One of the things, um, as we, as we say in this, I mean, we've been talking for the last, you know, minutes, more than 10 minutes now. And, um, to our listeners out there, we know what Calypso is. Mm. And we know what Soka is. But to the average person, what's the difference between Soka and Calypso? Huh. So basically, um, from where I sit, I would say that Calypso is a, a slower type of music that has a particular type of beat that would have had a history coming from um, the slavery experience. It would have been used by the slaves to um, speak out against the atrocities of, 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 the, of the slavery experience and what the slave masters were doing. And then it would have had a different career um, coming down in terms of um, when the... Um, the seamen would have been here in Shagaramas and there would have been an understanding about the use of the double entendre being attached to the art form to make fun again of the colonial administrators. So you would have had that type of history. But in terms of this music, it has continued to be social and political, adding, the, of course, the humorous element, talking about what's happening in the society. Um, in terms of looking at soca music, it's a sped up version of of Calypso, um, and it's really speaking to the soul of the Calypso coming out. And we'd have had pioneers like Rash Shorty Eye being, you know, attributed with um, having really began and, and introduced this element of Soka with the spelling of S-O-K-A-H in terms of to the, you know, national landscape. But I think it's important for people to understand that Calypso is mother music. Calypso is the music that really started the whole, you know, discussion about all the, the derivatives that we currently have with the Parang Soka and the Goofy Soka and the Raga Soka and Chutney Soka. So it's important to understand that it's really um, mother music and it really governs what we do in Trinidad. Now we talk about, we talk a lot about what's happening outside and taking advantage of the markets, but what is happening locally? Um, how is Calypso being developed here? We're not hearing Calypso on radio. There are, are very few records? radio stations, probably are one or two them? that play so, but that play Calypso. Um, we not, we don't hear about this. We, we don't, we, there's no one educating the generations coming up about our Calypsonians, about the stories that they told, about the personalities. We were talking about that earlier, about the characters uh-huh. that, that were, that were Calypso, uh-huh. you know, um, so there, there's nothing being taught in schools about Calypso history or anything like that. Who is so, spoiler? Who is right? Royal Lion? You know, who are these people? Who is pretender? You know, they, they are, they are, they are so who, they can't even tell you who, who won anything. They never you heard know. Gina Dina. <laughs> yeah, they don't know. They don't know that there's such a rich, 
a rich archive from them to even draw upon and do a little remix or you know mm-hmm. something. So what, what? Where are we locally? Where are the performances happening? Are they mm-hmm. are, are Calypsonians going to be part of the live music district? You know what? What's happening locally? One of the interesting things that Tuko has uh, embarked upon is outreach activities to deal with these very issues that you're talking about. Actually, when we're speaking about where are we getting airplay? So we have uh, several Tuko hours, and apart from the other stations that actually play Calypso, yeah, on a, on on a on a lengthy basis. So we would have eight to nine a.m. eight a.m. to nine a.m. on Power One or Two FM on a Saturday morning, which is then followed up. Right, the host of that show would be Joseph Adams, who is actually a member of the board of Tuco. Then we would follow that up on Saturday evening between 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. on I-95, where you have um, the Tuco, another Tuco hour, where you have Brother Resistance, the president of Tuco, and um, Twiggy, Calypsonian Twiggy, who, who generally they host that show. Um, and then you have WAC, actually, that really, um, Kenny Phillips is doing a fantastic job. A fantastic job because he also has has that online interface so that people from the you know all over the world can really tune in and get a sense of what's happening apart from that in terms of that type of outreach because of course we would partner with with Kenny Phillips as well um, as the education and research director at Tuco I have um, as part of my portfolio been going out to schools as well as partnering with Nalis Right. To really make sure that in as many libraries across Trinidad and Tobago, um, we are really getting that message out about the art form. The approach that I actually take is looking at themed calypsos. So th- I think that it's better to reach the young people by telling them about the themes that Calypso really focuses on. So, for example, because, you know, it's Calypso History Month and then the, in the lead up to that, I would have done a lot of um, public lectures focusing on the issues of emancipation independence and the fact that we are a republic and i found that it was really really helpful and instrumental to help the young people understand did you know that calypso can also speak about these things right because coming from what's happening with soca a lot of young people think that the music is just music for carnival so the themes are only going to be about carnival and it's important i've brought that to them for example i do a little series speaking about in 1962 independence calypso competition and all of the calypsos that were you know actually sung at that competition and what they were about and i actually speak to the theme of freedom in the emancipation calypsos independence calypsos and continuing with the republic uh calypsos that speak about republicanism in terms of what it means to trinidad and tobago so i think it's important to see that we are infiltrating that young space, that youth uh, demographic, even though there may not be this heavy concentration within the school system. We're still getting to the young people one way or another. Yeah, that's good. Um, I just want to find out a couple of things. Now, I have this idea that Calypso is a lyricist art, mm-hmm. a lyricist and a singer's art, more so than music. So therefore, lyrics are very important to me, it's certainly in terms of understanding what Calypso does and what it represents, as you said, right? Um, in terms of compiling and archiving lyrics, is is this a role of Tuco, or is that somebody something that private sector persons can get involved in? Right, and it's interesting that you ask that because we get calls like that all the time to Tuco. Could you just send us the lyrics of ten songs? These are the songs we've selected. Send us the lyrics. Tuco doesn't actually compile those lyrics. Okay. It is not necessarily part of our mandate, but we can provide the information if these lyrics have been given to us by the Calypsonians themselves. What we have discovered is that. A lot of Calypsonians think that it's their, of course, intellectual property. It is. And so, exactly. It and is. so what they do is they hold it close to their, their breasts and they say, listen, 
we don't really feel that we want to release this or we want to have people pay us to... To read the lyrics. Yeah, if, basically. If it, if it is published, right? Right, yeah. and so Fair that's enough. it, right. I, 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 so I can acknowledge Right, it, yeah. so there's a combination. So there are Calypsonians who say, listen, hold this. We mm-hmm. are giving you the lyrics. If you want to share them with the public, we're okay with that. But of course, those are some of the older Calypsonians. Mm-hmm. And the younger ones who are very aware of their rights as individuals and as performers, um, and even as, as songwriters, are very apprehensive about doing that. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Um, one of the things I wanted to find out, though, you, you said that Calypso is on the radio certain hours as well as work radio but in terms of the recordings of calypsos we know that throughout the history of calypso since as i said 1914 there have been recordings and significant recordings international labels as you know decca came here for 10 years and just recorded recorded but are we recording calypsos now or those recordings that are played on these modern radio shows just recordings in the tent what Mm -hmm. is it is it like somebody went in the studio recorded it for sale for spotify mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. or is it just something i feel like just make a recording and say hey oh, play this <laughs> well actually kenny phillips is doing a lot of work in this regard and there are other um you know producers who are actually working with calypsonians more often than not what's happening is that they are producing these calypsos for the carnival season so right now actually a lot of that work is taking place but in terms of throughout the year to say that a lot of calypsos are being produced that's not necessarily so, not so or much, recorded, eh? Well, not so mm-hmm. much because I'm just thinking, as I said, Decca came here back in the 30s and 40s and they came one time mm-hmm. and then they just recorded all Eclipses, basically a compilation. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering that, okay, so the end of Carnival 2018, is there a compilation of the winning Calypsos, the Dimash Gras Calypsos? Mm-hmm. I am not certain whether that is actually being done, but it is something that I would actually put to uh, Kenny Phillips because I know that he's actually doing a lot of work in terms of Aspire TV which he would have started and as well mm-hmm. as other work that he's doing with individual Calypsonians. So I'm that's seeing, something to get into. Eh? What I'm seeing is a, a, a number of um, business opportunities mm. that have become available to Calypsonians and I always have this fear that business opportunities that are open right there for us to see we don't see and then somebody just flies and lands on a plane and says hey opportunity here and I just take it and I run with it and then we'll sit down and ball and can quibble and say, Oh God, look I'm on come and take me music and it's all over the world and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And um but I'm wondering I know Tuku as I said has a role and it's not necessarily to be the management of artists. It's not right. It's, it's not the business. It really partners. started as a union, eh? It really well, started yeah. as a Calypsonians union. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you represented singers and Right. Yeah. In what? Getting fair pay and at Calypso tent? Not necessarily in terms of that aspect of it, but making sure that there was an opportunity for Calypsonians to be heard, to get to perform. Outside a carnival? Not necessarily. Because you all are not promoters. Well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. You all are promoters. You all, you all run tents. We do. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. a, one of our brands. Main mm-hmm. brands. Yeah. Main <laughs> brands, right? Trade and the Dimash Gras, the element of Calypso, mm-hmm. right? The Calypso show within the Dimash Gras is ours. The Dimash right. Gras is not ours, but yeah, so it's important uh, yeah. to know that. Yeah. So, so, mm-hmm. so in a sense, you all are also business persons in terms of the organization Indeed. running tents and that kind of Indeed. stuff. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the Calypso tents now. How successful have they been in the recent years? Because we're hearing a lot of lamenting <laughs> from ministers and mm-hmm. all kind of thing. Tell me, son, talk now. You're on, you're on Music Matters, the Caribbean edition. They could talk free. <laughs> um, the interesting thing is that a lot of members of the population, because of issues related to, um, Crime, safety, have been saying to us, you know, it's difficult for us to continue to support Calypso Tents um, when you have these late shows. Also, you have a different sort of, you know, an aging uh, demographic, uh, an aging population that would, who would be interested in going to the tent to recapture that type of experience uh, that they would have enjoyed um, of yesteryear. 
Um, and so because of that, the numbers have taken a nosedive for sure. That, that is the reality. But the thing about it is that we are actually <laughs> thinking in terms of, um, the work that I'm doing, the outreach activities of inviting people to come back to the tent. But what we have to do, we realize is not really have, um, a repeat. Um, or reoccurrence of what has taken place from before, but to have tents existing at different times, right? So to allow for a different demographic, as well as people who are concerned about crime and safety and those sort of elements to be involved once again, to come out to these live shows. I, yeah? In my module, which only happened very recently, I spoke about the live music district. Mm-hmm. Sorry, about the Calypso tent as an oh. example of live music and trend and Tobago. Oh, okay. And I did mention the fact that of recent time Calypso tents have not been the spearhead in, it, in terms of live music. And I think what has to happen is that you've kind of identified it clearly that tents have to kind of basically evolve. Mm-hmm. The Calypso tent of the sixes can't be the Calypso tent of 2018. Right. We have too many examples of what a good show quote-unquote looks like to be bombarded with bad singing and Calypsonians as I said as a lyricist art, you don't have to be the best singer in the world mm. as long as the lyrics come across. But we kind of are aware now what works and what doesn't work. And mm-hmm. if we don't learn our lessons, we'll continue going on the road. And I think key to that, the success of the Calypso tents now is marketing. I mean, mm-hmm. back in the day, you knew all the Calypsonians. You knew, mm-hmm. you knew Sparrow and Kitchener and Duke and you, yeah. you, 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 you knew, yeah, you knew yeah, the characters and, and they were in themselves were a draw. Um, a lot of people now don't really pay attention to Calypsonians until Calypso Fiesta. Um, and, you, and you don't know who they are. So we know Helen Francis because he won mm-hmm. and he have a nice voice. But we really don't really know anything else about him. So Kurt how Allen, much... Karine, right. Um, you know, Seal. I, I went to Club Sophia study last... When started going back the last three years. And some of these people I never hear about before because I don't go tent. Yeah. You know, but... You know, so what, so what kind of marketing you all plan to do in addition to changing times which I think is a good idea what kind of marketing you all plan to do to, 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 to really get people excited about Calypso again well one of the things that we actually have been doing is uh, becoming involved in partnerships with different organizations in particular we would have partnered actually with um, the Vocal Slit Fest and the Two Cents Movement to actually increase our demographic but really to speak to the young people because of course you start off with Calypso as mother music, right? You have Rapso, you have Spoken Wood. The three of them are doing the same thing in just in different types it's of phases. And indeed, mm. indeed it is. And so that's one of the things. So we are planning some events with them. And so we're going to increase that demographic. Interestingly, um, we have been approached by uh, Penguin, Calypsonian Penguin, um, deceased, um, his daughter, um, Carissa Joseph. And we know that his son, Christian Joseph, is doing so much work in Calypso already. And she approached Tuko to work on increasing the, um, the, the visibility of the Calypso art form. How? Tuko currently only has a Facebook page. And so what we want to do, of course, in these days, is to add a Twitter page and an Instagram page. Laura, they, Laura, Laura, <laughs> Laura, Laura, excuse me. Does Tuko have a website? Why? Oh. <laughs> <Right. laughs> That is our stock question. That is our pet stock peeve. question. Pet peeve. Yes, stock I understand it. question. All right. So <laughs> and currently, <laughs> currently, Tuko does not have um, a, a working or functional website, but we did once. But what we have to do is that with this, this, this is the stage that we're at and we're working towards that. So currently, we're on social media and, as I said, Facebook. And we actually uh, launched this recently. Facebook, 
Twitter, Instagram. And so it's important that we see, okay, let's tap into that younger, right? Calypso aficionado, because they exist. Eh? It's just that what we were talking about earlier. If you don't hear the music on the radio and you don't see the television shows or you don't hear about it, even on social media, how will you know that it's either living or dead? And so this is what we've really taken steps in that regard. I'm just just clue me into something. Um, you, I know we, we're calling some younger names, Karina Ashe, Dwayne O'Connor, Devon Seal, Helen Francis. Mm-hmm. Do they make music videos? Mm. I'm just asking. I don't know. I'm, I, clue me. Because um, as you said, we're in the social media age, right? We're also in an age where visibility is, is key for everything, right? So as much as the, um, I think it's a lyricist art, mm-hmm. we have a thing called a lyric video. Right. Where you don't necessarily have to put anything, just put lyrics. Mm-hmm. It's a simple right. piece of software, does it? Right. Is that something that Calypsonians, are Calypsonians attacking, sorry, are they using the tools, mm-hmm. the modern tools to, to get their music out? Mm-hmm. I am not aware that they are doing that. I think that is more what soccer performers would, would launch Well, into. actually they are. The okay. younger ones are. Mm-hmm. And I happen to stumble upon that when I was covering Fiesta. Okay. When I was writing up, you know, the results from Fiesta mm-hmm. and I went on Helen Francis. Ah, which I was okay. like, look, Helen, have a video. Right. Oh, Recently great. when I was researching Stacey Sobers when she won the Sink It's thing. Mm-hmm. Right. I said, but look, Stacey, have a video on YouTube, a lyric video. Mm-hmm. And good. Chucky has videos. Chucky. There yes. are right, videos. Right, the right. Ca- right. younger Calypsonians have videos. Mm-hmm. The problem is we don't see the videos mm-hmm. because they're not that, po- the artists themselves are not that popular. Mm. So the videos are not Something that you see, and, and they probably don't go the route of Julian's promo. And right. guess what? <laughs> you they don't have websites. And they don't have websites, yeah. <laughs> so, but they have videos. The right. videos are there, and they probably just promote it to their fan base. Right, right. So, the, the visibility is not very high, but mm-hmm. the, work is, the work is being done by the younger ones. Well, it's good to know that, because what I can actually do is speak to, actually... Right, the persons that, um, as I spoke about in terms of Carissa Joseph, in terms of these younger persons, so they can actually tap into that and see to what extent they can use some of the current videos too as exposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so then that would increase the number of Calypsonians that actually do um, produce videos themselves. So what is mm-hmm. the future of Calypso? I mean, Calyp- we're talking about Calypso in Trinidad and we know that there are Calypsonians up the islands and we understand from you. That Calypsonians are touring, like soca artists, they're touring mm-hmm. diaspora mm-hmm. spaces, and as we know, famously Calypso Rose mm-hmm. is all throughout Europe and possibly South America. What is is does Tuco have a role in terms of advising? Does Tuco monitor these things? I mean, tell me what's the future of Calypso going forward? Yeah, is going is Calypso going to die? Hmm. <laughs> right, Calypso will never die. <laughs> Um, because as long as we continue to have stories to tell, Calypso will exist. Um, and that is an important, um, thing for us to take note of. One of our watchwords or a slogan that we use in Calyp- in, in Tuco in particular is long live Calypso. Mm-hmm. And we've been using that for a while. Um, Calypso is not dying mainly because every year new content is coming out. It is actually the only art form where you have brand new songs being introduced into this musical landscape mm. every single year for competition, albeit mm-hmm. for competition, but the fact is, it's brand new uh, content. Um, in terms of what Tuco's um, focus is, we really just want to continue to support the Calypsonians as long as they provide the, the content, the information for us. We will do our part in terms of Outreach activities, management, promotion, production of shows, etc. So that's what, really what, what we about see. Mm-hmm. More certificates of business entertainment because I think that is still right. an idea, a, right? A brilliant, um, right? 
job yeah, right yeah. so training so training um workshops are, are planned in particular we're supposed to be going partnering with the THA to put on a repeat if you will um in some cases the certificate in the business of entertainment in Tobago and so that is and we're also planning to go up the islands with it so it really is something that we're working on in terms of exposure creating exposure education training for the Calypsonians. And all the Calypsonians are behind this initiative? Of- Most definitely they are. They are. Because, I mean, they see the need for it. Eh? They see the need for it. And they, they, it's something that they hadn't considered before mm-hmm. because they didn't see it as a business. But as you expose them, you know, have you considered that you're actually in an entertainment industry and this is what you are part of? And so I think that, you know, it has really been quite successful. Um, before we, we wrap up, I just wanted to find out. So, you know, 25 years, too cool. Ah. Um, sustainability is a is a is a big thing. Um, monies are dwindling. The 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 the, the um, subvention from from the ministry every year is dwindling, and the the carnival stakeholders are often criticised for always going cap in hand every year begging for money or complaining that the money is not enough. What is Tuko doing to make, ensure that it's not completely dependent on government funds every carnival? Well, actually, it's not only for the carnival season. Eh? Throughout the year, people may not may or may not be aware of it. And this is one way in which we can increase our visibility by telling people more of what we do um, in, in Tuko. But throughout the year, almost every month of the year, Tuko has shows. Tuko has shows that, you know, that we produce that, you know, that for the paying public. And that is actually, you know, part of our resource pool. So it's not necessarily that there's a cap in hand kind of tradition. There are some subventions because people have to be paid. That is office staff and, you know, members of the board, etc. But we also have these shows that we produce that bring in funding to the organization. Yeah. This has been a very enlightening conversation, ladies and gentlemen, with Megan Sylvester, the what? The director of PR and research at the Trinbago Unified Calypsonians organization. All of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I know Megan and Megan knows both Laura and I. So <laughs> Megan, thank you very much for being on Music Matters, the Caribbean edition this evening. And um we look forward to great things because as I said, I'm, I'm looking at what I'm hearing sounds very modern hmm. and it doesn't seem to be a repeat of what happens in the seventies and eighties where there may have been a, a in terms of the public's perception a kind of decline. We always had two superstars. We had a sparrow and a kitch. We had a David Rudd and a Stalin. Right, but when there are these names that are not global names in the music entertainment industry, but the the art form, as you said, will never die. It's still robust. Yes, there it is, and we have young performers who are now they're young. Mm-hmm. So, so music will continue, and I hope that Tuko's role it has a modern vision going forward, mm-hmm. and it understands there's a business element aside from an artistic element as part of this whole thing. So. More power to you. Good yeah. luck and thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It was great to be here. It was it great was to good. be here. All right, all right. So, well, Nigel, that I, that was a very enlightening conversation. I think so. We have a say a popular singing trend that by Calypso stories are told, and yeah. I think Calypso definitely has a role still mm-hmm. in telling our stories, chronicling our history, chronicling our social events. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not dead, you know. And it's I'm very encouraged by what I what I heard from Megan. Yeah, it's not dead. Brother man, this same Calypso has outlived rock and roll And Calypso will outlive soul Oh yes, more fats will come back when they are gone This same Calypso will be carried on I'm impressed by what I heard that Megan said um, Of course, as I said, full disclosure, I'm part of this certificate of business entertainment I think that is a, a tool that is very forward-thinking in terms of an organization locally. 
for music industry. And I have to take my hats off to Tukwan, I guess, to Megan for that, being part of that. So that, um, I think as going forward with Music Matters, the Caribbean edition, we are aware that Trinidad and Tobago has many genres of music. Of course, it was timely that we needed to talk about Calypso. I mean, we could talk about Soka and other things, but Calypso, as she says, is the mother music. I'm glad that we did it today in Calypso History Month. So I guess that's about it for this evening. So I'm Nigel Campbell. I'm Laura Dorridge Phillips, and you've been listening to Music Matters. The Caribbean edition. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.